been thinking about this subject for some time now. Uh, um, maybe some with helping out with funerals that uh, sort of gives me a window into life or uh, the passing of life that not everyone does or maybe I think about these things more than some but um, the title of the message is brotherhood in boots or walking each other home so there's something that caring for people that are nearing death's door that gives you some perspective a different perspective on life I think it helps sort out the priorities in life and separate the less important things from what's really important. And uh, many of you, or some of you that have been in that situation know what I mean. So in the last few years, we've had the opportunity to experience that sensation several times. And just a few weeks ago at Amos and Susie's house, when you walked into the door, there was sort of a holy hush about it, and you pretty much left your own day's concerns at the door. Uh, when I walked in there, I wasn't thinking about equipment that had broken or the accomplishments or setbacks of the day or my goals for the next day or the next week or how well or how poorly things were doing on the farm. Things like that don't seem that important when you're in the presence of an imminent passing of someone from this life to the next. Instead, the focus was on the person passing, his physical comfort or pain, anything that you could do to ease the suffering and make this transition easier for them, that was what you were about. That could mean sitting them up, laying them down, smoothing blankets, adjusting the temperature, swabbing dry lips, offering food, and for Amos, ice cream was often on the, his, one of his comfort foods. Um, talking to them, reading scripture, praying, talking about heaven, and reminders of relationships. We love you. Those are all things that you do when you're helping um, someone through that transition. There's a phrase that has been coined to describe the privilege of helping someone through this time, and it's called walking someone home. <clears throat> now, our homes are or should be places of rest and refuge. The word home evokes security and belonging. That's why hospice is such a beautiful thing. It lets families and terminally ill folks uh, stay in the comfort of familiar surroundings. I believe it's a good thing for the families as well as as the person that gets to stay in his own home nearing the end. That's an important and worthwhile topic. We could spend some more time talking about end-of-life care. But we're not home yet. Uh, this world is not our home. Walking someone home means going with them as far as we can towards a destination, but we can't go there with them. For believers, home is the presence of God where our souls rest. So walking someone home can mean finding God's presence here, as well as smoothing the rough and rocky road of transition from this world to the next. So what I really want to talk about this morning 
is brotherhood and brotherhood responsibility to care for each other. And along those lines, there was a wise man that said, in the end, we're all just walking each other home. Not just the terminally ill, not just those that are close to the end of life, but all of us are walking each other home. For Christians, at least, this should be true. And I'd like to kind of spring off of that and talk about uh, walking each other home. We as brothers and sisters in the church have the privilege and responsibility to be involved in each other's walk from here to there. <clears throat> now this is where I pull one of my props out. <clears throat> pastors won't mind this, but what we have here is a somewhat worn size 11 Wolverine work boot, okay? Now, I often start my days, especially in cooler weather, in a pair of muck boots, or if it's warmer, I get my tinglys on. It's the places I have to go, those are serviceable. Now, in the house or quick trips to the greenhouse to take care of a customer, I'll slip into my crock sometime that Lorena got me for my birthday. But when breakfast is over and it's time to start the day's real work, these are my go-to boots. So, they're fairly comfortable, they're tough. Uh, my pant cuffs fit over the outside, keep the welding sparks out and soybeans, things like that. They're easy on, easy off, at least when I remember to take them off going into Barber's Clean House. Uh, they're usually what I'm wearing when I'm getting things done. Now, walking together home as a brotherhood is work, and we need a brotherhood in boots. So being part of a brotherhood looks pretty cozy from a distance. It looks like a minimal investment for fellowship meals, church gatherings, social life, even funerals and weddings. To say nothing of gym membership. Doesn't cost a dime to join and be a part of things. The fact is it's a little like Secundina's Pila. Um, that's a story that Brian tells us in a past edition of a MEM newsletter. Now let me pull the second prop out. Okay, so this is a pila. I think yeah, this will work just fine right here. This is a pila. Some of you will know what it is. Um, a pila is an essential part of any rustic Central American kitchen, okay? It's the storage tank, got a storage tank in the middle, maybe holds 15 to 20 gallons of water. Interestingly enough, batteries are called pilas too. They store electricity. Anyway, um, that was free. A pila has storage in the middle and you got a sink on both sides. Sometimes they just have one side that they have the storage or they have a sink on and that's where you, you wash your dishes, you might wash some clothes, you uh, just whatever. And usually if you're part of a community that has running water, you might have a spigot here where water runs a couple times a day and you'll leave the valve open and maybe in the night you'll get an hour or two of water, fills that up, 
then this is pretty useful for whatever you use water for around the house. Well, Secundina was a lady who lived in Honduras. Uh, Lowell, do you remember her? Did you ever? Yeah. It was over in the part of Honduras where the MEN missionaries were going over to have services for a while. Secundina needed a pila. And when she heard that the government was giving away pilas, she signed up for one. Um, it was free. But it turned out it was just a pile of cement bags and blocks sitting by the road a couple of miles away from her cottage back in the hills. So it was free, but how would this happen? Fortunately, Secundina had a horse. And so she made the trip numerous times up the muddy trail, two bags of cement per load. And after the cement, there were some blocks involved in the kit and sand and more trips up the muddy trail. Well, Secundina wasn't a mason either, so once she had her materials on site, she had to hire someone to, a local man mixed the mud and assembled the pieces and kind of formed it up. And when they were done, she had her free kitchen sink standing strong on the mountainside, probably would last longer than the house she built it for. It was a well-intended gift from the government. What made it functional was the effort she put into it. It was free, but there was some sweat and some equity that she built up by the effort she put into making it. So brotherhood looks appealing, maybe even inexpensive, but the fact is good brotherhood takes work. The story of Jesus on the road to Emmaus is a powerful one. There's a lot of emotion packed into it, if you think about it. Why? Uh, those two were heading home. Those disciples were heading home. They were disappointed and confused about what had happened with their master, and their earthly home looked like the only place to go. Then Jesus comes along and walks with them. He encouraged them with scripture. He comforted them with his presence. And when they arrived at, his, at the house, he broke bread with them before he disappeared. He had taken the time to walk them home. Home is a good place, home to a good place of understanding and peace. It's not only where we live, but it's a place we can be when Jesus is with us. When we're in God's presence, we are in a sense home. So along with Jesus, we are brothers on a journey home. And we need each other for the trip. That's part of the package of reasons we have for the church. Mutual support and encouragement for the journey. That's a lonely world out there. Walking each other home is doing life together as brothers, finding God's presence here and now, as well as in the coming sunset of life. Now, church division and COVID have hit us pretty hard here. Brotherhood has taken a hit in our community. We're cautious about trusting and communicating and connecting because it could be painful, it could hurt. So this sermon is about pulling our boots on, encouraging us to pull our boots on, and with God's help, each doing our part to help smooth the road for each other. 
So how should we be walking each other home in this walk of life, both in finding home with God's presence among us and the home that we're inevitably all heading to beyond this life? So three areas I'd like to encourage us in in this walk. Number one, and most importantly, walking each other home means walking with Jesus. We won't walk together unless we have the same guide and the same goal. We care about each other's destination. Are we homebound? There's some verses in 1 Corinthians 1 I'd like to read. This is Paul. <clears throat> he said, I always thank God for you and for the gracious gifts he has given you now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Through him, God has enriched your church in every way with all of your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. This confirms what I told you that what I told you about Christ is true. You do not lack any spiritual gift. As you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ, He will keep you strong to the end so that you'll be free from all blame on the day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this, for He is faithful to do what He says, and He has invited you into the fellowship with his son. So I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church, rather be of one mind and one purpose. I like those verses. <clears throat> Jesus Christ has given us gifts. The church, Christians, and the church are enabled and empowered to walk together in harmony because of Christ Jesus. So, if we're poorly connected with our head, who is Jesus, our leader, our elder brother, our vine, then our brotherhood is affected. So, I feel that on a personal level and as we think about ourselves collectively, we need to be sure we're well connected with Christ. Our connection and walk with Jesus empowers and inspires us to walk with each other. And Jesus helps us find peace and unity even in diversity. In Ephesians 2.14, he tells us through Paul again, For he is our peace, who, met, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of par partition between us. Now, he's talking there about Jews and Gentiles, and that's a diverse group, right? There were some pretty major differences there. But Jesus has a way forward for all of us, his way. So Jesus can be our peace even if there's diversity and difference among us. If he's our head, he can be our peace. And as we unite below him, we can come together. So let's work on a living, breathing relationship with Christ. He'll walk with us home. Number two, walking home together doesn't just happen. It's not the default setting in brotherhood. We choose to walk together. It's a choice we make. We don't just fall into brotherhood or fall into church life. We need to make that choice. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 tell us, And let us consider 
how to provoke one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but exhorting one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Choose to walk together. Choose to be part of each other's life. Do I spend my time? Do I consider you? Do I think about you, my brothers and sisters? What could I do to be an encouragement? Or am I apt to critique because they aren't encouraging me? Considering brotherhood, considering walking each other home. There's a number of enemies of brotherhood. The main one is the devil himself, and he tries different ways, but a couple of things that are quite effective. One is busyness, and life just gets that way. And when we're so busy that we hardly have time to get it all done, and the days aren't long enough, and I'm just rushing from one job to the next, or one customer to the next, or whatever, Life gets so busy, I hardly have time to think about myself, much less you. So, that's a confession. We need to intentionally attempt to slow our lives down enough where we can consider the important things, that relationship with our head and with each other. So, that's one that is a struggle for me sometimes. And then, the, the like to it, the next is... The devil wants us self-centered. He wants us focused on what's working for me, what I need in my life, what I should be have happening around me. Apathy about other people's lives kills brotherhood. If I'm not that worried, I'm not that concerned about you or my brothers and sisters, then that's a brotherhood killer. And I won't really care if we're on the same road or not, if we're walking home together. We need quality time together. We need to stay in touch. We need to learn what our struggles are, share burdens, testify, tell each other how we've been blessed. All of those things build up brotherhood. Paul was quite interested in the Thessalonians' lives. I like that he said this here in 1 Thessalonians 3.8. He was overjoyed when word finally got back to him that the Thessalonians were standing strong. And he said, now we can really live since you're standing firm in the Lord. That makes life worthwhile if my brother, my brothers are standing strong. I really feel alive when that's the case. Walking home together means caring how my brothers and sisters are doing spiritually. Number three, walking home together means caring for my brother's road on a practical level. Where are his bumps? Where is the grief? How could I bear that burden somewhat? What would smooth the journey? How could we lighten each other's loads? If we're walking our brothers home, we care about their road and their paths and how we can make things better for them. Just like we attempt to ease the transition of a loved one from life to his passing with whatever we can do to to give him comfort and strength and encouragement, That's how it is in this journey of life that we're on. 
maybe in a more protracted way, not all at once or over a several week period, but it's, we're in it for the long haul, making this journey home easier. I'm encouraged with the ways we do this already. Uh, meals for needy folk, helping hands for work projects. I encourage the hospitality and fellowship that we get with each other. Many, many good things are going on in our, in our group. I appreciate that. There are many ways to bear burdens and do good in practical ways. So let's keep doing what we're doing and be sensitive to the Spirit's suggestions for, for others. <clears throat> so let's wrap this up. <clears throat> Those are true words. We as Christians are walking each other home. <clears throat> if Christ is our guide and companion, we walk together. And in a sense, we are home in His presence here and now, but more fully, just over yonder. Let's choose to walk together in practical ways. And I, I wanted to put a plug in here. I penciled in a note back here. You know, technology gets a, a bad rap many times, but what about those encouraging texts and encouraging emails? I got two texts on my way down here this morning before I ran out of reception. Uh, use it. It's a tool. Use those communication-enhancing uh, tools of technology in a godly way. You have to be careful with that too, but let's, that can be a useful tool. So let's choose to walk together in purposeful ways and consider each other. Let's think about each other and how, what Lee might be doing today or Wayne or Tyler. What's going on in their lives today? I wonder how that's, what they told me about the last visit we had. I wonder how that worked out. Let's think about each other and pray for each other. And let's keep fixing the meals, having the company, cutting the firewood, raking the leaves. Somebody was busy here yesterday, I believe. Visiting the dying and the living. And let's make sure that we all get home. God bless you this morning as you consider these words and as we consider each other and think about the home that Christ has for us both in His presence now and fully in His presence and out of the presence of sin uh, just over yonder one day later on.